right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up for the day, man. This guy, I got to tell you, man, I love this dude. Whenever there's, whenever there's talk, discussion, conversation, street cars, race cars, fast cars, this name always pops up in the equation. You always see him out and supporting not just the racing community, cars, individuals, um, online. He's a great resource. Uh, and I'm telling you, man, he's doing things just a little bit different because of all the just history he's got in the world of building camshafts, flowing heads, um, making your cars absolutely rip. It's Brian Tooley of BTR Racing. Uh, and I'm fired up for this, man. You know, Bird, a lot of back and forth right now between – Boosted cars and nitrous cars, yeah. especially out on the street, man. What's your take? Because you've run some pretty high horsepower on both, right? So you've owned, you've you've tuned, you've run. What's your take, man? Which one is the ultimate from, you know, multiple factors? Peak power to, uh, you know, yeah. getting yourself down the track, usable power, more fun to drive. You know, it's that's such a good question and probably one we should ask Brian, too, because here's what I would tell you. For ease of tunability, um, application, putting it putting it in a on your car, putting a system on your car, I would really honestly give the nod to to nitrous because nitrous has come a long way. Progressive controllers make tuning it a, a lot easier now. And there's so many different ways you could bring it in as far as the power of the nitrous uh, in several stages all throughout the run. However. When you got a car that's supercharged or a big nasty honking turbo on it, like a big hair dryer, man, there is something about the hand of God. And if you don't know the hand of God, I'm telling you, <laughs> when you when you are mid track and you feel that boost, really, you know, probably, you know, if your car is tuned right somewhere in the ballpark at 3:30 mark, you start to feel some unlike anything that you've ever felt, and it carries you all the way down the rest of that 13:20. And you're just planted in your seat, zero gravity, because you're actually raising up, you know, if you don't have your seatbelts on so tight, because there's so much cheese pressed against your gut, uh, that it is something truly amazing. Uh, it really is, depending on what you want to race and, you know, your application, it's a coin toss, man. But I will say nitrous has come such a long way in the last couple of years. Some of the fastest cars out there right now, some of the big street outlaw guys, some of the, you know, big pro mod guys, guys that win, you know, race week and drag week are nitrous cars, man. They're giving the 
the supercharged and the you know the big turbo guys a handful. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love the battle. You know, and it's it's great. Just like the you know the big three with you know the Mustang, the Camaro, the you know the Challengers and Chargers. You know, it's like you count one out. Like oh, they're out of the game. They're in, they're not. And next thing you know, they're coming in with both fists, swinging, swinging hard, putting combos together. Yeah. You know, it's like whoa, damn. You know, so in the whole horsepower war, it it, it hasn't changed a whole lot because every time one starts to just kind of edge out and dominate, the other guy just pulls his you know bootstraps up a little harder, and next thing you know, he's in for the race. It really is that way, man. You thought turbos were going to take over the world for the longest time, and then, you know, the superchargers step back up, and there's a couple different styles and versions, and Trifical, uh, Roots, and a few other guys, uh, positive displacement. And then, all of a sudden, these nitrous clowns are coming back up to the party, showing up to the party with some heat, and you're like, damn. You know, it's back and forth, back and forth, but that's what... That's what makes racing so great, man. Your setup, your car, your suspension, a lot of things go into the equation. But the real ingredients for that recipe for winning, you know, on race weekends and cast days and you know, streetcar type events, things I like to go to heads up style is, man, I feel like nitrous is an easy way to get a lot of power. Uh, and nowadays, the most critical thing is camshafts, what they're doing in overlap, how they're designing camshafts to really work on spray, and how a lot of times, you know, that's the key factor because a camshaft will fall on its face if you're not spraying it. But then when you light that torch, throw a little nitrous to it, wow, does it wake up and man, can it dance. It is yeah. night and day the difference. Well, and that's what, you know, I think Brian Tooley comes at it from, you know, kind of a very unique and very smart perspective is he's looking at the whole system. Uh, so when we think about a cam, you know, we're, we're probably thinking about too overly simplistic. You know, like, oh, is it bigger? Is it smaller? More duration? Where's my center line? You know, does it match up something I know I'm familiar with? Is it big? Is it small? But he's kind of looking at it from well, what, what cylinder head you run on? What port? You know, how much CFM can you get in there? What valve train? How much valve train stiffness? How hard can I push on that? valve opening without my rocker arm my push rod bending right and then you know flinging off the top of the nose and so he's really looking at the whole thing probably the intake manifold you're going to run what are you trying to do with it and and trying to get a matched yep. set you know and i think we've talked about this before you know these are all ingredients uh you can put all the ingredients you want in front of me uh, i'm not the greatest cook and you know i'll put them together in some fashion and you'll get a thing and you probably won't like it but you get a chef you put the right ingredients together, and you've got a masterpiece of a dish, right? And we started with the same damn ingredients, right? And that's what it is looking at it from the system. Like, how does it all come together for the best, most vibrant flavors, et cetera, you know? And, and he's really looking at it from that big picture, but I know the guy's taking notes, and he's doing his homework, right? And what you find yeah. is when you do your homework and you take your notes, right, the knowledge starts to kind of pop off the page. You know, it's not like, oh, I ran this one time and it ran good, so this is what I'm gonna run all the time. It's like, no, give me this engine combo. Give me this head. Let me put this cam in, and I'm gonna move the center line. I'm gonna move the closing. I'm gonna move the opening, you know, the valves. And he's taking notes, and the, the decoder ring. Right, right. <laughs> the decoder ring is starting to come full, full frontal here, and now he's got, right, these great recipes that he can start handing to guys like you and me that says dude what do i run what should i be doing here you know well 
Hey, you said a hundred times over, man. An engine is nothing more than an air pump, and he's nasal spray. So <laughs> let's take a break and get back at it, man. Back with Brian Tilly of BTR Racing, man. Google it, find it. We're talking about it next on the Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Brian the Man Tooley on the podcast today. Brian, I believe you may be the first guy uh, to uh, to come back around for a second podcast on the Two Guys Garage Podcast. You may be it, man. You may be the very first one that we've had on it twice, man. Congratulations. Wow. that's uh, How did I get that honor? <laughs> well, you know, you're such a great resource, my man. You're one of those guys that we could always lean on for info, data. And when it comes to the racing world, you're doing a lot of things unique, man. If people are breaking records, going fast, they probably at some point teamed up with you, man. So it's a lot of what you're doing and how you're doing it. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know what? Good racers make uh, makes guys like us look good. <laughs> you know. Well, Hey, we appreciate it, man. So talk to us a little bit today, man. I, I want to know what you guys are doing or what you see. You know, Kevin asked me a good question, man, and I, I feel like this ought to be addressed to you as well. What do you think is the best out there and the easiest? For me, it's nitrous, right? For me, I think the easiest to tune on uh, is nitrous. However, you're real quick to shell a, a piston and drive a hole in it uh, if you don't have, you know, your variables right you know tuning is everything on a nitrous engine what do you see in the world of nitrous compared to turbos and supercharged cars out there man who's doing what well i mean gosh there's so many people doing so much uh, unbelievable stuff i mean you, you look at what pat musey is doing out there right now with uh, some of the stuff that they've got going i mean they're doing an incredible job you know um you got what proline's doing with its one turbo stuff and even the supercharged stuff yeah. I mean, there's so uh, there's just so many people doing, uh, you know, such incredible stuff. From my perspective, uh, in the last few weeks, I've had two of my personal engines on our engine dyno. I've had I've got a, a twin turbo engine uh, that I've had on the uh, engine dyno, and then a, a supercharged engine, a triple supercharged engine I've had on the engine dyno. And you know, so much racing today is not about how much power you can make; it's about how you can manage the power. It's all power management. Right, and you see a lot of pro mod and ready and RVW cars switching from uh, twin turbo to uh, supercharged. When they first started doing that, I was like, well, "Why would it do that?" Because twin turbo, I'm sure, makes more power. But after having those two combinations on the engine dyno, I think I understand exactly why. Because a twin turbo combination, you're not going to get that engine to make within five percent the same power pull to pull. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Right. Mm. And and a supercharged engine, because the crank is driving the, the driving the supercharger, it's going to make the same boost every time. It's going to make the same power every pull, you know, unless you change something, of course. And and a twin turbo engine, from my experience, just isn't like that, you know. So if if you've got an engine that's not going to make the same power from pull to pull on an engine dyno, what's it doing in the car, you know? So now, how does your so now you've got this thing in a car, you've got converter, uh, you know, uh, well, maybe transmission fluid temperature changes, you've got atmospheric changes. So now all of a sudden you've got just a multitude of changes uh, affecting, you know, the car, affecting the power management of the car. And, and the engine's not making the same power just because the turbos don't <laughs> seem to want to play and make the same power. Because if you leave the starting line with more turbine heat or less turbine heat than what you had 
you know, the, the run before, the pull before on the dyno, now the dang thing's just making more or less power than it did. So now you've got a whole new problem, right? Yes. Yeah, no, and that's a huge factor, like you said, Brian, on, on uh, you know, which route you want to go. And, and it probably comes down to maybe some personal experience or, you know, how you think you're going to go attack the game. You know, which one do you think you can harness better? You know, as a as an owner, driver, builder kind of thing. Now, I got a question with you on the turbo. So, you know, when you've got a belt driving a, a blower, so for a given RPM, that blower is turning a given speed, right? It's locked in there, uh, you know, and they're going to progress together. Yeah. So that definitely, you know, you can visualize how that would be very predictable. And a turbo, you know, think of a little pinwheel, right? You blow on the turbine side. <sighs> You know, you get the thing to spin up and, you know, <laughs> so depending cute. on if you're, you know, blowing a little bit off center or whatever it is. And like you said, different exhaust temperatures, different conditions are going to get the thing to spool up a little bit different to pressurize the compressor side. So you can imagine how how much variability could go into that. But I'm, I'm thinking that a certain amount of controls ought to be able to help with that at some point. You know, whether it's electronic wastegates, et cetera, you know, again, it comes down to the ease of use, right? But do you yeah. think progression-wise, these guys are going to get just smarter and smarter with, uh, you know, the twin turbo, the big singles, to get them, let's say, just as dialed in, just as controlled, harnessed as, you know, maybe a nitrous motor or, or um, you know, a, a supercharger? Well, one thing is for sure is the the control of the boost and wastegates themselves, the electronics, all of that needs to get fundamentally better from my perspective. Simply because, you know, when we, you know, we're running Haltech on our engine dyno, you know, so we can make a pull and, you know, we're logging, you know, what the, what the Haltech is telling the uh, wastegates to do and we're monitoring boost pressure and, you know, we're monitoring all that stuff. And, um, you know, it, it just doesn't, it, it's not as good as I think it, should be and maybe our wastegates maybe you know we just, we simply have a problem our wastegates are not as good as what they should be we're running uh, jgs maybe we run it need to run you know tile wastegates and you know so we have you know definitely limited very limited amount of twin turbo testing on our on our engine dyno but um you know what i've ex been exposed to so far uh you know it's uh you know it's it's uh, not very repeatable, let, let me say that. Yeah, there's a challenge there, it sounds like, for sure. You know, and I, and I can totally get it, but I can imagine, like, just the, you give a guy, you know, he, he picks that path, and he's got to get to the end of that track, and he's already, you know, committed. <laughs> he's going to figure out a way to dial that thing in or the aftermarket with controls or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's going to figure out ways to get around, um, you know, some of these hurdles. So. Again, this goes back to which one is winning now, but which guy is going to win, you know, next week, next year, yep. you know, given, uh, you know, how much everybody's got skin in this game, right? This is awesome. Right. Yeah. And, you know, talk about power management, you know, with a supercharged engine, you know, you really are only controlling timing, right? And, yeah. and timing is what we call fast uh, torque control, right? You drop timing out of an engine, it loses torque instantly so you can control the power you know a twin turbo engine or turbo engine in general you can drop the timing out and it won't even lose that much power right you can drop the timing out it puts more heat in the turbine the turbo so which then makes more power you know so then you're trying to rely on the wastegates to control the power 
Well, guess how small the waste gates are in comparison to timing. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want a knob to go from, you know, zero to 10. So really fast, you can whip it up to 10 or back down, and, you know, or even maybe an on off switch like Spark. You know, when you can control Spark, man, you can pull power out instantly, right? That's how you, that's how you do shifts, right? You pull power out, you shift a gear, you put it back yep. in again. But yeah, when you talk about, you know, a wastegate, that is basically your control for, you know, how much energy you're going to suck off the exhaust to put into the intake side. And, uh, you know, there's time, there's a time factor for that air motion and everything to spool this and push that and get through the intercooler and, you know, get back in the engine. Like that is a long delay to try to get, you know, that kind of precise control. <laughs> it takes a second. Well, it, it, it's so funny because back in 2008, I got to spend a day with Greg Bannis. You guys know who he is. He wrote the yeah. on tuning. And he said, you know, we were just talking about idle control. He said, with idle control, you've got, you got two things to help you control idle. Fast torque and slow torque, right? Fast torque is the timing, you know, and then slow torque is the idle air controller motor in terms of airflow, right? And so I look at supercharged engines and turbo engines almost the same way in, in in terms of controlling the power, you know, um, you've got you've got fast torque control with supercharger and slow torque control with the turbo combination, and it's uh, I you know, so I'm starting to understand why these guys are, are switching from twin turbo to uh, supercharged combinations on these. Now, what about the resurgence of uh, some of these nitrous cars and nitrous setups? Because the second you leave these guys out of the equation, they come and put a beat down on you. They take you to Gabblebees, and all of a sudden you're like, damn. Yeah. What happened? Well, yeah, you know, those guys are running a lot less weight, you know, and, and, and you know, of course, they're, you know, they, they get the weight breaks, so they're running less weight, but then they've also got a whole lot less crap on the car, you know, to contend with, so they're naturally lighter anyway. Yeah, yeah, it I mean, is true. I got one of those Chris Alston direct drives in an F1X on, in front of this little LS engine I've got, and that direct drive in that supercharger, I bet you weighs 120 pounds, you know, hanging off the front of that uh, engine. Yep. And, uh, you know, your, your nitrous kit is certainly never going to weigh that much. <laughs> Unless you run a hell of a lot of nitrous. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, crazy question. Rules aside, um, you know, how does nitrous and maybe supercharging together fit? uh how would they interact you know is that like a dream combination or yeah i mean do they do they kind of complement each other in the ways that you want them or would they fight each other well you know from my perspective i'm not a i'm not a big nitrous fan just because i'm i'm i love stuff that lasts i love durability and you know um of course when you when you grasp the pressure curve of a you know a boosted engine and how it makes pressure after top dead center or after the big bang after the plug lights things off and then how much faster nitrous combustion uh, happens you know nitrous combustion happens uh, the the pressure rises so rapidly uh, that it's it's just very hard on parts you've got to be very careful how you build those combinations and manage those combinations and so many things can affect them you know i've seen guys you know they've got their tune dialed in they change the oil and the next pass they burn the engine down you know because they change the oil and it's just like man the can't the thing can't be that sensitive and um you know i i had a customer well he's you know one of the fastest ls nitrous racers out there that the bowser car the mccain boys 
And, um, you know, we had a 427, 434, was running well, and decided to go to a bigger engine, a 447, right? And we used, um, you know, we went to tall decks, we used a longer rod, and, you know, same basic everything, you know, grew the camshaft a little bit, and all of a sudden, uh, this thing is, is just as sensitive as can be. Um, you know, it's not, it's not happy. And then we started looking at rod ratio, and the rod ratio, because it was a tall deck block, you know, we had a longer rod in it, of course. And the, uh, you know, the rod to stroke ratio, it had gotten, it had gotten longer, right? A bigger numerically, a bigger numerically. Yeah, your L over R. And, yep. and they said, we think this thing has too much dwell at TDC. You know, the pistons dwelling too long. And we think that's oh. causing our tuning problems, right? So he said, what if we put a shorter rod in this thing and got our rod ratio back where it used to be? And I said, heck yeah, let's do it. You know, we was working with diamonds, so we got some MGP rods and diamond pistons, took the rod ratio back to where it was. And guess what? The engine instantly came back around. It started acting exactly like it used to act. Huh. You know, so that's interesting. So you just increase the comp height on the piston then for a shorter rod and that shorter rod, you know, decreasing the, the dwell time of that piston at TDC fixed the the tune the tuning problems with this nitrous engine. Well, if that was a boosted engine you know it would it wouldn't have cared you know because yeah because you would have been way past tdc yeah. before you even lit the fuse on that sucker <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> yeah because the pressure is is more gradual with the combustion process of uh boost compared to features yeah uh yeah so it, it um yeah you know it, guys that love nitrous love nitrous and guys that love turbos or superchargers that's what they love uh i i like it all um, but, but nitrous definitely scares me the most. I will say that. It's interesting, man. Interesting. So, all right. So in your case, it would be nitrous scares you the most then turbos, uh, and most reliable, consistent in your world. Supercharger. Absolutely. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue that, but I do have more questions. So maybe we take a quick break and, uh, pepper this boy, uh, with, with more of these cues. Uh, and you know, when I'm off the top of my head, uh, maybe we'll come back. We can talk about, you know, the difference between, let's say, a naturally aspirated cam and a little bit of that nitrous cam. Because, you know, I got to think in my head, what's actually going on differently with nitrous than just uh, more air, more cooler air? You know, why? how is it burning different and what would you want to do with the cam? So maybe you can give us a little insight there on on uh, what kind of concoctions you're brewing. Sure. The first whole segment is all about uh, what do we need to have to go fast. Let's find out more details coming up in this second break. We're back with Brian Tooley. It's Kevin Bird, Willie B on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Brian Tooley from BTR Racing on our podcast today. Kevin asked before the break, what do you see? What's the difference in an NA cam and something that somebody may use for, say, a nitrous setup or um, even the boosted applications, which we were referencing earlier? Give us a little dive deep into what you're looking for on a cam card um, that is going to be imperative to making real usable power. Yeah. I, you know, everybody talks about the most important valve vent is intake valve close, right? And you know, in a uh, naturally aspirated engine, let's say, you know, you got a little LS engine and perfect intake valve closes 50 degrees um, at your top dead center, 50,000 lift, right? 50,000 camera. 
So you've got this 50, uh, 50 degree number. And uh, let's say it's centrifugal supercharged, for example. Let's talk about that. Well, a centrifugal supercharger, they tend to lack torque, right? And so one of the ways you can flatten a torque curve with the superchargers, you may actually close the intake valve a little earlier, right? Build a little more mid-range torque. And because the supercharger continues to gain horsepower, uh, it will always make good peak, peak power. And a centrifugal supercharger can actually extend the RPM at what at which RPM, you know, the, the engine normally would make power at, right? Let's jump on that for a second. So for, for most people, they're probably not thinking about intake valve closing. Like, why does that matter? And if you think about, uh, you know, how you're building power in the engine, uh, there's two two pieces of it. Well, probably many pieces, but two that I think of kind of big ones. One is is trapping, yes. right? So when that valve closes, that's your point where you 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 know close the intake, you've closed the cylinder. Nothing more is getting in or getting out. So you got to think about when do I want to close that valve so that I you know if you think about waves crashing on the ocean and you wanted to scoop some up, you want that wave to come up. And then you'd, you know, close things off and you'd scoop up away before it sucks back out again. And there's a lot of dynamics that are going on from exhaust back pressure that wants to flow back into the cylinder, boost pressure that's pushing in and blowing through. So when do you want to close that valve means a lot for trapping the most uh, air and fuel in there. It's not going back up the intake. It's not going through to the exhaust and you're not getting exhaust in uh, going the reverse direction because that's hot air, right? That's taking up space and it's making you more knock limited, right? So that other piece is that residual gas, right? That hot gas that you've burned. Yeah, you think you push it out. Well, the piston only goes so far. You got that combustion chamber sitting there, right? So there's all this hot, dead, burnt gas, right? It's inert. It's not helping you. It's taking up volume and it's certainly going to, you know, impact how much spark you can put in, which is power. Right. So I got to think about what is trapped in there. Right. How do I get it out as much as possible? And I don't, you know, retain it in some fashion. So when you're thinking about valve closing, intake valve closing, that one plays a huge game. So with that little background, now we can kind of get a little bit more with Brian's strategy. Let me here. let me just inject. I love when Kevin gets all nerdy and puts on the lab coat because it's cool. I always learn something. But you guys got to realize what he's talking about is going down inside your engine at 7,000 RPM. <laughs> so like yeah. all this madness is happening, uh, you know, in thousands of a second, you know, and it's so crazy, but yet so critical. And with that, I'll turn it over to Brian. Uh, tell us what your mind says we need in that case. Yeah, so, you know, so like I was saying, and, you know, naturally aspirated, let's say it's, you know, 50 degrees after bottom dead center. Well, if it's centrifugal supercharged, you might actually back that up a few degrees, right? You might close it at 47 rather than 50 just to build more mid-range torque because it's going to make good peak horsepower. Well, then a, a, a nitrous engine, you know, they tend to uh, gain more torque than they do horsepower, right? So then you have to do kind of just the opposite with a camshaft. You have to close that intake valve later. You know, rather than closing it at 50, you know, let's close it at 53 or 54. Let's purposely kill some mid-range torque of the engine, naturally aspirated. So once you spray the nitrous, you don't make so much solar pressure that you're hurting parts. Right? Ooh. All right. So there's a durability part in there. That's a good – hey, that's a good – back and forth yeah man so a lot of people when they're thinking about ordering that camshaft 
right? This is something critical to, to think about is when that event actually occurs. Uh, the last thing you want to do is spread parts all over the track and all inside your engine. Uh, and a good way to prevent that from happening is get dialed in like Brian sort of teaching and sharing uh, some of this knowledge on. So, so again, you want it to stay open longer so it bleeds off some of that pressure. Now, is that the same way you're thinking and feeling when it comes to boosted applications? Or what's the reference there? Well, you know, I, I love when people call a cam a supercharged cam, right? Because let's talk, let's talk supercharged cams again. We just talked centrifugal supercharged cams. We're going to back up that close in a few degrees to help that centrifugal supercharged engine gain some mid-range torque, right? Well, let's say it has a positive displacement or screw supercharger on it. Now you're going to do just the opposite. Instead of closing it at 47 like you would a centrifugal supercharger or 50 like you would if it was naturally aspirated, you know, now you've got to close the thing at 53 to purposely kill some of the mid-range torque maybe i shouldn't say that you, you've got to really you've got to push that intake valve close out to get the root style supercharger to make a peak horsepower number right right yep because a root supercharger tends to make power the opposite of a centrifugal supercharger because you're probably more you're typically more knock limited at lower rpms because you're you're going slower right so think about your pistons going up and down slower so there's more time in there that things are, are at elevated temperatures, so you have more chance of hitting knock, right? Because knock, right, again, key is, is your spark, and you want to get as much in there as possible. Uh, but if you ignite it, it takes time to burn. Even as fast as 7,000 RPM is happening, it takes time for that spark to ignite, it takes time for it to get going, and then woof, now it's going like wildfire, but there's a time in there. And so if you have gases around the outside that aren't burnt, and they get hot from pressure and temperature, they'll self-ignite and they'll, they'll knock. They'll blow an engine and you'll scatter parts. So you're typically more knock limited at lower speeds than you are at higher RPM. That's right. So that's where, like Brian said, maybe you can bleed off a little bit. you got a lot of boost going on. You're probably knock limited anyways, and if you trap differently at the higher RPM, you can pick up some additional power where the traditional positive displacement blower is starting to peter out, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that centrifugal supercharger makes and, and, and root supercharger, because they make uh, power so differently, you know, the root style makes power down low. It tends to peter out up high. The centrifugal does just the opposite. You know, it, it tends to lack in the uh, mid range, but it makes a lot of top end horsepower because it continues to build boost. Now, is this where you see a lot of people kind of missing the ball a little bit when they're when they're going online? They're building, you know, their engine. They're thinking, okay, I I want this camshaft. I want that, you know, set of heads. And they're not really thinking about a couple of these, whether it's a spark event or closing of the valve or a few things like this that really bring a lot of pressure and and tuning issues to the equation if you don't have the right ingredients in this particular recipe. Absolutely, yeah. If you if you close the intake valve too early in a in a uh, roots supercharged engine, yeah, you're going to have terrible knock, just like you would in a, a nitrous engine if you close the intake valve too soon. You've got too much solar pressure in the mid-range. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of ways to mess it up. You know, it's funny because a few years ago, whenever uh, Kenny Bell learned that our positive displacement supercharged cams were completely different from our centrifugal supercharged camshafts, uh, he was the happiest man in the world because he was just like, finally, somebody understands they get it. They understand they can't be the same. And it's like, yeah, they, they absolutely can't. 
do you feel like a lot of people out there think that they're they are the same? Absolutely, yeah. They think a supercharger is a supercharger, but they're they're not. They make power completely differently. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I'm sure you can, you know, basically run the same cam in either one, and and the layperson that's making big power is like, oh, this is great, the most awesome thing in the world. But if you really compare A to B, and which guy is dominating, right? Who's going to win it? Who's got more control? Uh, clearly, the one who's Paying attention to those little details because they add up, and one guy's gonna win and one guy's gonna lose, right? That's right. Oh, that's what he was talking about power management. It's yeah. all comes into that sort of equation. Power management nowadays, with so many people making big, 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 massive power, that management aspect of the, of the equation is so, is so critical. And probably one of the more difficult things to get get your head wrapped around and get the grasp of is how to manage it be it ingredients internally be it your your boost application your nitrous application or or, or any of the above it's it's really difficult to to wrap your head around it but that's why there's great people you know like my partner there kevin bird and like brian Tooley, helping the aftermarket world and racers and hot rodders and muscle car guys and dudes are out there you know dropping a thousand bucks on a weekend race this is a great resource for you, and I really, whether it's his website or just reaching out to him, you're always going to get a great straight-up answer and a lot of knowledge on the other end. Uh, and I'm just, I'm happy you're you're willing, able, and, and awesome to share that with us, man. It's uh, it's every time we have you on, every time I talk to you, we learn something. That's awesome. Amen to that, because I know I have concepts in my head; they're still loose. Uh, but man, just bouncing them back and forth with Brian, it's like, oh, oh yeah, I kind of had that one. I was close, you know, let me move this over here a little bit, you know, like tidy things up a little bit. Uh, this guy brings so much to the table. Now, now one other thing, Willie, you know, we're talking about, um, trapping. Well, the other is that residual gas, right? That burnt gas. Uh, the one thing you have that's super awesome with, uh, you know, any kind of supercharger is you've got intake pressure. So if you got some overlap, you know, your intake and exhaust valve is open at the same time, you typically are going to have some uh, manifold pressure to kind of blow through and push that hot gas out. Whereas uh, a turbo, right, it's going to have back pressure from the turbine side. So, you know, that's going to want to, you know, clog the system, clog the exhaust, right? You got this big free-flowing exhaust, but not until you get past that, you know, turbine. So that's going to want to keep residuals in the cylinder. So that's a thing you got to manage. And if you think about naturally aspirated, right, think about a, a really nasty, uh, you know, 7,000, 8,000 RPM, you know, cam, you know, naturally aspirated motor. I mean, the thing idles like crap because at those low RPMs at idle, right, you've got, you know, still this uh, residual in the cylinder. And so you've got this you know, hot gas with very little, you've got your throttle closed, essentially. you got very little intake and fuel in there. So it just, it's incomplete burns. It's just really crappy burning, right? Because you got so much junk in there until you get real, uh, you know, RPMs moving. Now you got some momentum of that fresh air coming in the cylinder. And when you get that overlap, man, you can get that pushing some of that exhaust right out. So that's kind of cleaning things out you know, nice and fresh uh, intake charge coming in on a on a big overlapped intake or uh, naturally aspirated cam. Right, and, that, and that's why you see, you know, a lot of these big, uh, you know, naturally aspirated engine, you know, you take it apart after a season and intake ports are dirty, right? And they're dirty from all that reversion you're just talking about. You got, you know, during overlap, low uh, low speeds, 
you've got all that exhaust gas coming back to that intake port, making that intake port dirty. And then you take apart a you know, supercharged combination uh, and intake ports are clean, you know, and you're like, wow, look at that, you know? Yeah, that's an excellent observation. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, Brian, give us the number one mistake with with people and be it their heads or their camshaft or order, what they need to look at for a nitrous setup, a centrifugal supercharger setup, uh, or a positive displacement setup, or a turbo. Like, what are the what are the common mistakes that you're battling or trying to to share with people not to do when they're out there looking at head packages, cam packages, uh, and drivetrain and intake setups? Yeah, num- number one. People think more lift is better, and that is wrong. You know, when you look at the guy in Australia who we had run 650s in a quarter with his hydraulic roller twin turbo, uh, you know, car, um, you know, those are those are pro stock times, right? I mean, 650s in a quarter with a hydraulic roller cam is crazy, right? He's running 632 intake lift, right? And, you know, that's that's the thing that people can't, they can't, you know, wrap their heads around. They think, oh, more lift is better. Well, you know, you're talking to a guy who I used to run, I used to be involved with these guys running this fun forward weekend class where they had to run 500 lift, okay, uh, called Street Warrior. We had a customer make 2.2 horsepower per cubic inch with 500 intake lift, right? And everybody assumes you have to have an inch of lift to make a lot of power, but it's just not the case. And, and when it comes to camshaft, uh, control, stability, dynamics, d- durability, more lift is rarely better. Which used to be the old philosophy. It used to be the old, you know, the old logic was I'm going to get that big some bitch and it's going to hit a lick and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve lumps at the drag strip every day. Uh, all right, didn't mean to interrupt. Go, go ahead, next, next application. Um, well, uh, I mean, that... Too much lift in all those applications is, is bad, you know, because of, you know, because the more lift you have, the more, the faster ramp speed, more acceleration you have. Well, that means the less RPM you can turn. Well, there's almost no combination in the world that, hey, you're going to turn less RPM and, and make more power and run faster, right? Because so many combinations, you've got to be able to turn it, you know, just like this hydraulic roller deal. You know, they turn that thing 8,500 RPM. Yeah, and we all know, we all know that's like power is that RPM, right? Think of a jackhammer. It's going to cha-chunk. It's going to pop out a piece of concrete. If you can do that cha-chunk super fast, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of concrete flying right. everywhere. And that's the power part, right? So the cylinder fires one time, it makes a certain amount of torque, uh, but you fire that thing umpteen times a second or a minute, and that's where you're going to gain power. But it's about keeping... Uh, everything's stable, like your valve train at those speeds and keeping your vol F, so your volumetric, volumetric efficiency high in some fashion, whether it's your lift profile or your duration and everything for uh, overlap on a naturally aspirated or right. Right. boost yeah. device. It just, um, you know, getting the uh, open and close points correct, which means getting your duration, intake exhaust duration, and your center lines correct, that is so much more important than how much lift you run that there's no comparison, you know, because if you get your open close points correct for any given combination, you're going to make good power. If you run too much lift, you're going to have problems turning RPM and you're going to have durability problems, you know, so 
What's a good center line for, you know, NA guys, for turbo guys, for nitrous guys? What sort of, what's the, what's the numbers you're looking for? Um, well, you know, obviously there's lots of combinations out there. You know, when you, when you look at the LS stuff that's running hydraulic roller, stock rocker, uh, there's not a lot of that stuff that we run over 630 lift. You know, 630, 640, that's all the lift we're running. Um, you know, and we've got some super fast stuff. We just had a guy set the, the hydraulic roller dyno record. And while I'm not a friend, not a fan of stupid dyno records, he still made 2,300 to the tires. And, he, and, he, and he, he's running 612 intake lift. You know? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts when you think about, wow. All right. And, uh, and what is it for nitrous cams? What do you look at for nitrous cams? Well, I, I got to say with, with nitrous, nitrous just likes big. Nitrous likes big cam, you know, big heads, big valves, big duration, and, and big lift. You know, it, it definitely all goes hand in hand there. And, um, you know, and, you know, you, you got to give the engine what it wants. And, and when you've got nitrous, nitrous occupies area, you know, one of, the, one of the best lessons I ever took on how much area nitrous occupies in an engine is whenever you're taking a, an EFI engine that has a mass airflow sensor on it, and then you activate the nitrous and you see the airflow through the engine decrease, right? The airflow through the engine decreases 10 or 15% when you activate the nitrous. Well, guess why? Because the nitrous just displaced that air, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's why a nitrous engine needs so much bigger cylinder heads and valves and camshaft, particularly cylinder heads and valves, because it's occupying so much space uh, that that air is, is normally uh, normally at, right? Yeah, you got that cooler, denser, you know, charge coming in, uh, which is fantastic. But you don't have the push. You don't have the pressure jamming it in and that's where you can take a you know a supercharger of sorts with a smaller lift and duration and you just shove it in right yeah, <laughs> yeah. you don't give it a choice you're like you're going you're going in there <laughs> right Forcing you know? it, man. Yeah. that's right yeah uh all right brian where, where do people it, it's always so quick and amazing me how fast 30 40 minutes goes by when you're on uh where do people find out more info details if they got questions uh, they want to use you as a resource. Yeah, BTR Racing is where I always go, but tell everybody how to find you socially, online, your website, and so forth. Yep, uh, BrianTuleyRacing.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, all those places. So not, not hard to find. No, man, he's all over the place. And, dude, it's great because every time I see stuff that you're doing or read about you and uh, records that you're breaking – it's all it's all great, man. You are uh, growing by leaps and bounds, and you're a key component of the people that are going fast out there for sure. I, I appreciate it. We've been very very blessed. Yeah, man. And you just brought my he bought a, a blue Z06, you, you guys, that I was going to trade for. I'm like, Brian keeps robbing all my cars from my brother. <laughs> Me and my brother have a, <laughs> a back and forth with cars, and I'm like, he showed me the picture that Z06 he got, and next thing I know, man, Brian Tooley's got it. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope you have a lot of fun with it, bro. No, we're gonna have a lot of fun. That's gonna be the, the wife's road race car. So, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now we're talking. Yes. All right. What year? What year is it? O two. O two. Okay. Yep. O two C five Z. Yep. We're gonna buy two of them and, and go around in circles. We we did the Ron Fellows uh, school a couple of years ago, and and she loved it. And and I was like, we just 
we got to get to the road course and just make some laps, you know. Oh, you got to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, go have some fun. Oh, it's so <laughs> much fun. Yeah, man. All right, well, look, Brian Tooley. Brian Tooley Racing is the spot. Go get details, info. He's a great resource for any of your problems, issues, or you want to run stuff to buy it, man. And don't forget about our show, Era Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, the one and only Brian Tooley. He is Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. Our producer is Scoop, and our executive producer is Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. All kinds of awesome stuff on there. And we're everywhere on social. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. And Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. There you go, man. Dude, every time we have Brian on, it's always it's a blink, and it happens so fast, man. It's like that seventh grade encounter with Kathy Atchison after the dance. Oh, I can't talk <laughs> about that. But, yeah, man, it goes by fast, bro. It's unreal. Yeah. You know what? The world is full of random facts, and this guy puts it together in some sort of map, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. matters. We need a map. We need a roadmap. Tell me where I'm going, man. Uh, <laughs> it's great to have a guy out there to just answer those questions. Here, buy this. This is what you need. Yeah. Right. Exactly, man. All right. Well, look, you guys take care. We'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.